Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about victim think. You know, a lot of us whine for a long time when things don't go our way. We need a little grief time, a little time to gather ourselves back together, renegotiate our hopes and dreams more in alignment with reality. And when we're back in the saddle again, once we get back to reality. The, however, there's many people that get stuck in victim themes and victim think, and they just stay there. They often stay there for a long time. Some people live in a victim mentality. And the time it takes for us to do the calm down, if we actually can, varies with every person. But hopefully, most people can get grounded back into their life, which is in this moment right here, rather than the future, rather than the past, rather than the victim theme. What it is, is we have to be present in the moment that we're in, in the time that we're in, and the environment we're in around the people we are with or not. You know, many people feel uh, embarrassed when they whine because, well, it feels to us as if we're, we're, we're on the pity potty. And, you know, maybe a, a minute we are. Maybe there's an inner child in us that just loves to sit on the pity party, you know, or the pity pot, whatever you want to call it, you know. But really, don't we all just need to go there sometimes? Sure. It, it is kind of cool to be able to vent as a victim. But however, we don't want to live as a victim, which is a whole different thing. You know, the temporary so the temporary state of self-pity is where we want to leave. It is it's not a drop in the bucket to do that compared to what happens when we're dealing with someone with a full-blown victim identity. You know, a person with a victim identity is someone who has identified in whatever crisis, traumas, illnesses, or other difficulties that have occurred in their life, they lock into the idea that they are a victim particularly those that begin very early in life. And they did this as a survival technique to get attention because they didn't feel like anybody would pay attention unless they identified themselves as a victim. You know, you got to realize that life is a long fight and we often always lose because we're dealt a poor hand and we have to play it well. You know, to get your hopes up that you might win a victory now and then is nice. Yes, maybe having faith that, you know, we can uh, we can actually not be devastated, that we can actually receive good things. But the thing is, you have to think positively if you want positive things to happen in your life. That is the attractor. If you're going to be a negative person, what's going to happen is you are going to always be looking for a sense of fair and justice. And guess what? Fair is a first world problem. We don't get fair in this life, but unfortunately, many people are determined, bound and determined to somehow get equality and fairness and justice. And if they don't, they fall back on the victim theme. You know, the belief systems of the person with the victim identity fall along these lines. Life is really, really hard. And they, these are philosophies, by the way, they're belief systems. You know, don't get up. You'll just get kicked back down again. 
yeah, you know, people love to catastrophize, you know, don't get up, you know, don't do that, you know, be aware there, there's always people around to trick you, there's always liars, there's always somebody around the corner that could hurt you, and then the theme is, I can't trust anyone, uh, oftentimes you hear victims just say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, you know, you just don't understand how hard it is for me, everyone is always picking on me, they're always bigger, badder, smarter than me. Here's the deal. If you lived out in the jungle or out in the desert like we used to as a tribe, you could not afford to be a victim. We just can't afford it. But here in the comforts of a first world country, we love it. We think it's wonderful to have the opportunity to be a victim. That's just not how we're built, though. You know, these belief systems, these negative belief systems are in place to protect the victim or perceived victim from ever having to really engage in life and engage in the hurdles and actually become what's called resilient. Victim people, people that do victim think, have lost their will. They have lost their inner strength. They have lost connection with their actual essence of their soul that drives them to do hard things and do what is right rather than what is easy. You know, it's amazing. Some people think it's just too risky, you know, to go back out into life. I just don't want to get hurt. Well, pain's a reminder you're still alive. It is part of life. You have to embrace that. And change means you are living because you're actually involved in the evolution of life as you move through the process of living. It's a great thing. You know, the victim will definitely complain and even whine to others about how hard life is. But if another ever offers them some options for changing that, guess what the victim does? They come back with a long list of yes buts. Yes, but, oh, yes, but, you know, oh, you just don't understand. Oh, does, you know, just deflect, deflect, deflect. But the deal is, is that victims are whiners and whiners will suck the soul straight out of your body because what whiners love to do is when they're whining, they want you to sit there and pity them. They want you to just sit there and go, oh, that must be awful. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's such pain. They want you to join them. So as they jump off the cliff, they want you to jump off with them. But here's what a smart, wise person does. If you have a whiner in your life, don't let them suck the soul out of your body. What you really, really, really want to do is go, hey, I understand. I know you're hurting, but here's some options for you. I can't save you. I can't do anything. I do understand you're in pain. I'm going to give you options to get out of that pain or to somehow help yourself. I can go, I'm going to stay on top of the mountain as the other one jumps off and I'm going to go, okay, here's our options. And that's all you can do. If they cannot accept that, walk away, just feel sad for them, understand and let them whine away in their victim pain. You know, we uh, always, always want to expect more, but victims Expect more, but never get more. They expect more, but they never get more. And they never get more because they never try, because they're lazy. And they don't have the ability to understand what resiliency is. Resiliency means I'm not making decisions within my reactions, 
which are very emotional. I'm going to make my decisions when I'm ready to respond, which means I'm going to logically calculate what I need to do. But the other thing about victim theme is, is it's riddled with depression and, and, and anxiety. And the thing about depression and anxiety is that we do what we feel rather than what we think. So everything is, I don't feel like it. You know, all, all the decisions are based on feeling. Well, there's not a lot of great feelings that we consistently have. So if you're going to base a decision on going to work on a feeling, you probably won't go to work. If you're basing a decision on a feeling about getting up out of bed, you probably won't get up out of bed, you know, or go work out or do anything productive or right or or uh, that is essential, especially if it's going to help other people. You know, the, a purpose-driven life means it, and this is Rick Warren, it is not about you. It's not about you. It's about what your life can do for others. And that is what victims forget. The victim will definitely complain, even whine to others about how hard, hard life is, that, uh, you know, they will cry. They will tell us repeatedly, we just don't understand how hard it is. Life is just harder than others for me, than other people, you know, and they don't understand why. There's no justice. There's also no relationship with God as a victim. You know, God requires faith and faith enters, fear leaves. Fear enters, faith leaves. So we have to understand that this whole process of being a victim is riddled with catastrophization, which means I'm always preparing for a catastrophe. I'm always on the defensive. I'm always reacting rather than responding to life. And that's the sad part. You know, life is hard. It is supposed to be hard. But hard, when you do it, actually makes your life easier. That means that if I do something hard, I'm going to learn a skill set that other people may need. And if I have that skill set and I have it available to them, I can use that skill set to help other people and, God forbid, actually make a living at it. You know, some people will beg you to fix their life when you offer to fix one thing. And they'll find a way to sabotage your fix and complain to you because you told me this was, you told me this would work. You said that this, you know, what, whatever. So they basically want to hold everybody else accountable for every decision that they ever make. So they're always consulting and whining, but never taking advice. Or if they do take advice, they're going to blame you if one single thing doesn't go well, you know. They'll refuse, you know, to, 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 they'll be frustrated. They'll refuse your advice. Oftentimes, victims will demonize people in black and white thinking. Oh, you're this or you're that. And here's the problem. Victim mentalities, people that think like victims, oftentimes are looking for a narrative about anyone and anything in this life. And so what they do is they go, okay, that is a mean person, this person right here in front of me. So what they'll do is they'll start developing the narrative that's a mean person. They'll start collecting biased research, 1% of maybe 99% of all that person's communication, and identify them as what they believe them to be. And they'll sit behind that narrative, reinforcing it until it's a habit. And then it all, all of a sudden starts to dictate outcomes. And that is the black and white thinking that gets these victims through life. Here's the truth. Everybody has something to teach us. The intelligence of a person is, is actually identified by the questions they ask. And so what we have to understand is the innate curiosity 
is out of the question for victims unless it pertains to helping them and then they don't take the advice anyway you know the 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 secondary gain of a victim is the fact that they can get people to stay and take care of them in just guilt and shame guilt and shame oh you don't really love me you don't want to take care of me oh you you never call why don't you ever call me you know they they, they fall into all these this the poor me stuff and they make people feel awful to be around them because there's nothing they can do to fix them. There's nothing they can do to help them. They can stand there for a while, but once again, a victim will suck the soul out of your body because their tank is always empty and they're always wanting your gas. You know, and it's not that people can't be victims. Yes, in life, we all are victims in many, many, many different ways. That's the truth. That's always the truth. But we can't live as victims. And that's what this show's about, is about living as a victim. The even more difficult consequence of living in a victim identity is the fact that many of these victims actually do attract bullies as their partner. Yes, they will attract the narcissist. So what is a bully? Well, a bully is like a dog with a squeaky toy. So a dog with a squeaky toy is going to chew on the squeaky toy until the squeaky toy comes out because that is how they feel powerful. They're demonstrating their power by making the squeaky toy whine. And so what we have to understand is the more that squeaky toy comes out, the more powerful they become. But soon as that squeaky comes out of the out of the dog, guess what? The toy never gets played with again. And so what we have to understand is that's what bullies are looking for is whiners. They're looking for victim mentalities because they will love to get the reaction that they get from the whiner. They love it. They love the nonverbal and the verbal that they get from them. And so that, unfortunately, is what often happens. And sometimes they even marry the bully. And that's even sadder. You know, the belief in, in their thinking is magical and appears that they've kept their, the, the, the victim theme has kept them alive all this time. You know, it, it isn't the life force that they believe in. It is that because they see what it means to take responsibility in their life is pretty scary. That's what they're avoiding is the idea of accountability. Yes, we live in a day and age of people with victim mentality. We often what witness this crap in the media all day long, in the social media all day long, every day. People love victim themes and they love to follow victim themes and they love to produce victim themes because they want to know that their life is important in that moment. And you will remember what a victim I am. That's not power. That's not living. It's coping and it's sad and it's attention getting. You know, it's difficult for a victim to come and see that they're living out of that identity. As a matter of fact, people that are living with a victim identity, if they're listening to this show, they're going to be completely pissed because I'm calling them on their stuff. And so, you know, that's sad, but that's just the way it is. They don't like it. They don't. They hear. They hear what you're what I'm saying, and they're going to deny what I'm saying because it's part of their personality. They cannot fathom the fact that they live as victims. They just can't do it. Narcissists and borderline personalities often live as victims. People in prison with antisocial personalities 
often live as victims. People that commit crimes live as victims. People that live as homeless people live as victims. People that let their life go and don't really care and expect everybody to pick them up by their bootstraps and get them through life live as victims. And we are surrounded by that. And we actually are applauding them these days. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. We're going to talk about signs of a victim mentality. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who are widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome, everybody. We're talking about victim think. You know, it's possible uh, that many people have a victim mentality, sometimes called a victim syndrome, sometimes victim think, or a victim complex. But victim mentality rests on three basic beliefs. Bad things happen and will keep happening. Other people or circumstances are to blame, and any efforts to create change will fail. So there's no point in trying. So the idea of victim mentality is thrown around in our culture all over the place, in conversations all over the place, and people seem to wallow in the negativity of life. As a matter of fact, after COVID, this whole world became a big pile of victims. Everybody developed a victim theme about themselves and about their rights being taken and all this crazy stuff. And they're rightly so. We were victims. We were victims of our government. We were victims of pharmacy. We were victims of the Chinese, especially in the Wuhan lab and all that lovely stuff. 
However, we can't live as victims. It's not healthy. We have to move on. We've got to survive and we got to move through it as best we possibly can. And are there some things that are going to happen to people that are unfair? Absolutely. That is life. It is how we deal with it that is important because when you're faced with adversity, how you deal with it is your testimony. That means that's how you're going to help other people who face the same problem. You know, people who feel trapped in a state of victimization often do express a lot of negativity. Let's say you're trapped in a job with a horrible boss that has a borderline personality. You're probably going to go crazy because a borderline personality is always creating conflict that is your fault. Everything is your fault if they're the boss. That's what they love about being the boss is making everybody's stuff their fault and the other people's fault and the fact that they look good because they don't do those things other people do. So they'll point out all the crap other people do so nobody looks at them. But everybody does. Not everybody, not the boss's boss, but all the people that work for them see all their crap, but they can't say a thing. You know, people identify with the victim role. And by the way, you probably want to get another job if, you, if you're miserable in your job or let your job buy you another job or buy you another opportunity in your life where you can make change. You know, people identify with the victim role when they veer into the belief that everyone else caused their misery and nothing they do will ever make a difference. You know, and a lot of those themes come out of childhood. Thank you, parents. Unhealthy ones, breeding stock. Yes, they do that to their kids. You know, some of the avoiding of responsibilities involves placing blame somewhere else, making excuses all the time, not taking responsibility, reacting to most life hurdles as it's not my fault. You know, bad things really do happen often to people who've done nothing to deserve them. And it's understandable that people who face one difficulty after another may start to believe the world is out to get them. But sometimes the law of attraction has to do with us. And maybe we're attracting the wrong kind of people, the wrong situations, the wrong career. Maybe it doesn't suit us. And maybe that's life's way of saying, you need to make some changes. You know, many situations do involve varying degrees of personal responsibility. Consider job loss. You know, it's true. Some people lose their jobs without good cause. Some people quit their jobs and don't have unemployment. It's also often the case that certain underlying factors play a part. So, some, someone who fails to consider those reasons may not learn to grow from the experience and could up facing uh, the same situation again. But, you know, there are always underlying factors in this life, and we have to take that as part of the deal. The other thing that they often do is not seek possible solutions. Not all negative solutions are completely uncontrollable if they seem that way at first. And that's because we're just sitting in the reaction phase. But often there's at least some small action that could lead to improvement. Yes, this is your chance to prove yourself. This is your chance to overcome enormous obstacles. Go do it and then see how you feel about yourself. But if you're going to do it as a depressed person and sit there in negativity, you're never going to do it because you're always looking for a feeling. And my friends, that's called procrastination, which is one of the unwritten symptoms of depression. You know, a sense of powerlessness is also a problem. Many people who feel victimized believe they lack power to change their situation. They don't enjoy feeling downtrodden and would love for things to go well, but they want it to jump on the hood of their car and beg them. 
to uh, take them in. You know, it, it, life continues to throw situations at people, especially when they're in neutral, because if you're in neutral, you have no resources. We have to continue moving, changing, adapting, evolving. That is life. That is how we live. And we also have to be able to ask other people to help, but not as a victim. Ask other people so they can see how they can contribute to helping us get somewhere we need to go. If you're just sitting there as a victim and not doing anything in your life and asking for resources from other people, that is a victim thinker. That is somebody with a victim mentality. People living with a victim mentality also internalize negative messages uh, by the challenges that they face. So every challenge, I just want to do what's easy. I can't do what's hard. I just can't. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Everything bad happens to me. These are the kind of things you hear from these people. I can't do anything about it. So why try? I deserve the bad things that happen to me. There, there you go. Now you, you just cast yourself down. Lovely. No one cares about me. These are childish little themes from our childhood. And we need to reparent those little children and re-help them, educate them that we're not children anymore. We can't live in the themes anymore. We have to pull ourselves out and not live in the past. We have to live in the future. You need to come and join me. This is where you are safe in, in my adult self, not your little inner child that's scared. You know, each new difficulty can reinforce unhelpful ideas until they firmly entrench themselves into your inner narrative. And that narrative is going to run your life. And over, over time, negative self-talk can damage your resilience and make it harder to bounce back from challenges. And so what you want to have is positive self-talk, because the more positive you are, the more attractive you are as a person to positive things, better things. Many blessings happen to people in life that are grateful. You know, negative self-talk often goes hand in hand with self-sabotage. So people who believe their self-talk often have an easier time living it out. And if that self-talk is negative, they may be more likely to unconsciously sabotage any attempts they could make towards change. Lack of confidence is also a huge part of victim mentality. That means that they have no belief in themselves, and oftentimes they don't even love themselves. So what is self-love? Learning how to say no to things that hurt you. Yes. Can you do that? Can you believe? Can you begin to do things that are hard? Can you choose to have compassion for other people's pain instead of wallow in your own? If you can do that, you can work your way out of a victim mentality. So here's the, the basis of a good life. Do the right thing. Have compassion for pain. Other people's pain. Not just your own. Those are the two essences. If you can do those, you can have wonderful, rich relationships and you actually will be helping other people because you actually do what's right instead of what's easy. Those are beautiful things and those keep us on the right track. You know, victim mentality also takes a toll on your emotional well-being. You know, you feel frustrated and angry at the world that seems to be against us. But what is anger? What is resentment? What is frustration? Well, that's part of a victim theme. And guess what anger is? A baby cry. It represents something else. The baby might be hungry, tired, bored, whatever, but it's crying. That is what anger and resentment is, is a baby cry. Nothing more. It is also the problem with anger and resentment is that it is a call to action. That means 
I'm going to build up anger and resentment for this person and I need to do something about it. So I'm going to threaten them with divorce every day, or I'm going to threaten them to quit my job in my mind, or I have to quit my job because of this person's awful. There is no justice. There is no fairness. Once again, it's a first world problem. You cannot have fair in this life. We are human. We are subjective. We are not perfect. You know, the also victim mentality is hopeless about circumstances, never changing. They want someone to save them. They hurt when they believe loved ones don't care about them. And so they develop the victim themes that, oh, you're not listening to my whining, so you don't love me. You know, it's just, my gosh, you can only give whining so much energy. You know, they're resentful of people who are happy and successful. They can't stand it. Does somebody actually be grateful with what they have? Because what they have may be something that they once dreamed of having, and now they have it. That's called appreciation. You know, many of us need to look around at what we have and be very appreciative of the fact that we have it or have the resources to have what we have. You know, the other part of it is anger, outbursts, depression, isolation, and loneliness. That all comes with victim themes. They don't want people to be around them because they're afraid they'll hurt them. Everything is about, you're going to hurt me, they're going to hurt me. So that's called anxious attachment, which is learned once again in childhood. But very few, if any, adopt a victim mentality just because they can. It's often rooted in things like past trauma. You know, to an outsider, someone with a victim mentality might be overly dramatic. But this mindset often develops in response to true victimization. So, uh, you know, not, not everybody who experiences traumatic situations goes in to develop a victim mentality, but people react at, at, at adversity in different ways. And some people just hang on to it and they hang on to it and they hang on to it. You know, many chapters are meant to be closed. Maybe they teach us something, but we don't have to live in our past. We don't have to live in events. We don't have to label ourselves based on one thing that has happened in our life that was traumatic. We can walk away from that and reclaim our life. You know, betrayal of trust, especially repeated betrayals, can also make people feel like victims. So if you have a spouse who you cannot trust, if you have a friend or a boss or somebody that you have to depend on that you can't trust, that's pretty much living in betrayal. And that creates enormous anger and resentment. But to live with that, you just have to understand that sometimes we ask people for $50 and all they have is five. You know, if people don't value integrity, if they don't value that, they're going to be alone when they're old and frail. Because nobody wants to be around people with no integrity. Nobody wants to be married to people with no integrity. But some people can't understand that they have no integrity because all they have is themselves. They want to be right about everything. They want to be narcissists. They want the world to think that it revolves around them. And that's very sad. But victim themes also have this narcissistic feature of wanting the whole world to be about their victim theme. Also, victims have a codependent mindset. And that can also be a part of it. Codependent person has to sacrifice their goals to support other people. Well, they're also sacrificing through their victim mentality to get other people to support them. And they also identify with victims because that reinforces their theme. As a matter of fact, they love victims. As a matter of fact, they fall into the trap in social media and anywhere else 
of embracing every victim story they could possibly find. You know, there's also manipulation. Some people who take on the role of a victim seem to enjoy blaming others for problems that they cause. That's called projecting. And they lash out and make others feel guilty. They manipulate others for sympathy and attention. And, you know, this toxic behavior is often associated, by the way, with a personality disorder like borderline or narcissist or antisocial or all of the above. You know, it can be challenging to interact with someone who always sees themselves as a victim. You have to know, how do I respond to this? And that's what we really need to cover because having to deal with it is 10 times worse than having to uh, be the one that's espousing it. You know, they refuse to take responsibility for their mistakes so that you can't give them an opinion or an option. And they blame everyone else when things go wrong. So that includes you. You are always a failure because your advice got them to the bad place that they got. They didn't choose to do that. God forbid. But remember that many people living with the mindset have faced difficult or painful life events. And this doesn't mean you have to take responsibility, but you have to identify with their pain. That means have compassion empathy that doesn't mean you jump in their pool it just means you're identifying it and go god that must suck i'm sorry that that must hurt you know that's it that's all you owe L labels generally aren't helpful victim is particularly charged label it's best to avoid re referring to someone as a victim or say they're acting like a victim however you know sometimes the truth is the truth and you need to lay it out for them so that they actually can understand how they're being perceived. But of course, they'll deflect that. Instead, you want to compassionately bring up specific behaviors or feelings that you notice. You know, I've noticed you've been complaining a lot late, lately. I know you've been, I noticed you've been shifting blame to other people rather than making I statements about where you fell into the problem. You'd rather point out where everybody else is. So what's going on with that? They don't like to accept responsibility. So, you know, I understand that you think this person is responsible, but I want to hear from you. What are you responsible for in this problem? And do you actually, are you actually accountable for what you did to participate in this problem or are you just witnessing it so everybody will look past you you know feeling trapped or powerless feeling like nothing makes makes a difference i see that that's going on in your life you know witnessing these things is very important so you're avoiding labeling them but you're calling them on the behavior and that's the point you know some stigma around victim mentality relates to the way people sometimes blame other people for problems or guilt trip them about things they haven't worked out you know you might uh, feel constantly accused as if you're walking on eggshells or have to apologize for situations where you feel feel you're both responsible you know it's it's often tough to help or support someone whose perspective seems to differ greatly from reality. It's hard, but you have to understand you've got to take them where they, they are. You can't change them. You have to take them where they are. And that is how we have to understand each other. We have to begin at each other's perception of the truth if we're going to work our way into healthy or compromised. You know, Finding solutions, you know, you may want to protect yourself from doing that. However, if you offer help, you can do it in some ways by acknowledging their belief that they can't do anything about the situation, ask what they would do if they had the power to do something, and help them brainstorm ways to achieve that so they have ownership. This is ways in which you can help a person with a victim mentality.
You know, for example, uh, I know it seems no one wants to hire you. That must really be frustrating. What does your ideal job look like? And depending on their response, you might encourage them to broaden or narrow their search, consider different companies, try other areas rather than giving direct advice, make specific suggestions or solving the problem for them. You're, You're helping them realize they can actually have the tools to solve it on their own. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about how to help these people out. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want. You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about victim think. You know, here's some things that you want to think about this. If you have a victim person in your life, you do not want to be self-righteous and cocky and upset because someone has a victim theme. What you need to understand is they have a problem. They have a big problem. They have depression and anxiety. That doesn't mean you're going to sit there and go, oh, it's okay for them to stay there. But the fact is, is for a victim to feel uh safe with you enough to try to heal you have to have some compassion for their feelings but not for their situation for their feelings that's where you begin with the victim you acknowledge feelings you validate feelings that's what you do you don't have to respond and fix you just validate that's where we start if someone you care about has a victim complex it can be really overwhelming And you need to take care of yourself. You have to get outside of it. You have to understand it and call it for what it is. You may feel frustrated, 
or like nothing you do seems to make a difference. You may resent the constant complaining. You also feel that on some level, they just want to stay where they are. And depending on your relationship to them, their victimhood and helplessness may affect you directly. You know, if that's the case, it's important to take care of yourself, even while you try to support the other person. There's some things you can do. Number one, we talked about in the last segment, is to help them brainstorm solutions. Don't take it personally if they say it won't work. Just keep them focused and solution-oriented. There's where hope is. There's where faith is. You also want to encourage them and remind them of their past achievements. You've done this before. I know you can do it. You know, talking to them, giving encouragement. Affirm and validate how they feel, especially if they talk about the trauma that created the mentality. That's okay. You don't, you're not going to sit there, but what you are going to do is you're going to hear those feelings because you want to help them. You also want to encourage them to get professional help. That is a big choice, and that's an important choice. If you're in a close relationship or family members, consider going to counseling together as well as individually because we want to get out of the victim themes as quickly as possible because nothing constructive is going to happen while we're whining. You also want to set clear boundaries. And here's boundaries in a relationship. Here's what I can do, and here's what I can't do. So offer them as a part of the buy-in. Don't go hard no or hard yes. You want to go, here's what I can do, and here's what I can't do. And you keep going that way so they understand you're negotiating with them. And that's more important. You're not rejecting them because everybody has rejected them. Victims hate no. They can't stand it. It drives them absolutely insane. And they go absolutely insane. So what we have to do instead of shutting the door on them is what I can do and what I can't do. You know, you also want to point out specific unhelpful behaviors that are toxic. Call them a victim would likely make things worse. However, it may be helpful if you point out an actionable step or encourage them to seek the positive. You know, Sometimes you answer their negative with a positive and keep answering it with a positive until they go to the positive. You know, you also want to keep up with your own self-care. Supporting another person's emotional well-being is very draining. So make sure you prioritize spending time with people and activities that actually fill your cup. So if you have a hobby, if you have an escape, something that you really, really enjoy, don't obsess on it. But do fall back on it when you need to when you're overwhelmed with the victim themes. You know, you also want to understand that it's time to take life back into your hands if you're a victim and if you're the one that's subjected to the victim. It can be hard to feel like our life is under someone else's control and bad things keeping happen, keep happening. But there is a God and, and God does walk with us and he cares for us. And sometimes bad things are there to teach us to go in a different direction. Not everything is meant for us in this life, you know. I know it's very overwhelming to live in a victim theme. However, it's important to remember that very few of the things we experience in life are personal. And victims take everything personally. So we need to understand that life is not constructed about hurting us personally. It's even crazy to think, but some most times when people are having an affair, they're having an affair for their own selfish reasons not to hurt their partner, but their partner buys into it as a victim theme. And that's sad, but that's often the way it goes, and that causes more damage than the situation itself. Even though there's not one single thing that you can do to change your situation, although there probably is, 
You can always control your attitude. Your attitude can be your greatest handicap. And that is what a victim does. They choose to be handicapped. They are choosing to have an attitude that is causing them to lose out on life, lose out on vitality, lose out on accountability, lose out on opportunity because they believe they're a victim. That attitude can always be chosen and you need to make a new choice if you live in that mentality because it will destroy you. You know, the victim, we all have them in our life. Maybe maybe you're one of them. Maybe, maybe you work with one. Maybe you work for one. Maybe you married one. One thing is uh, that, you know, there are two things that no one likes, being called a victim and dealing with a victim. Dealing is horrible. You know, l- let me be clear. There's not a, there's a, there, there is a difference between the, the phenomenon of actually being a victim of trauma or tragic event in your life and actually living in the victim mindset. So living in the victim mindset is a choice. Being a victim happens and it's horrible and it's and people need to surround them and people need to help them and we need to stand there with them and be in that pain but we also have to help them move out of it into the new state another stage in life and sometimes that calls for the five stages of grieving and what are those well there's denial there is uh bargaining there is anger there is depression, and then there's acceptance. And all of those can happen within seconds, and some happen in stages of time, two, three-week periods during the acute phase. You know, the victim mindset is, is a habitual way of looking at life. It's an automatic orientation towards the events in your life as unfairly getting short end of the stick and being taken advantage of. And the mindset leads a person to feel powerless in confronting circumstances. It also ensures that no matter what, it is never their fault to include personality traits that they don't have the capacity to, to alter in themselves. Because humans uh, be and act consistent with the way they see the world. So, you know, if you're going to see the world as a victim, that's how you're going to interact with the world as a victim. If you're going to interact with the world as a person who's grateful and successful, you will. If you're resilient, you will interact with the world in a resilient way. That means you have a will. You have an inner strength. And it's important to understand that we all have it, but not everybody taps into it. You know, it's also important to understand that victimization is a pattern. You know, it is a practice and it becomes muscle memory because we keep reinforcing it. So we need to get outside of it if you have the victim mentality or if you live with somebody with that victim mentality or have to work with them or whatever, you want to back up and start observing it so they understand consciously what they're actually repressed into their subconscious, which is I am a victim. If you're going to make a difference with the person who embodies a victim mindset, it is imperative that you realize that such a mindset is not rational. It's it's actually not irrational or illegitimate but you have to understand it is a phenomenon and not a life a way of life so no one really consciously chooses to be a victim it's more a way we fall into 
into life and circumstances that fall back on us and may do damage to our lives. It becomes a strategy to deal with life, whether it's staying safe in your comfort zone, numbing yourself, finding company, getting attention, avoid being responsible some, uh, for your life. You know, there's a lot of people who just cannot be what they perceive because they see themselves as a failure in life. And it's very sad because some of those themes come from external sources like very unhealthy parents. You know, the victim mindset can be created by very legitimate concerns that are not getting addressed, you know, like learned helplessness ensues. So the person has learned the same way that we learn anything. Repetition. Repetition is how this theme comes about. You know, there's never one size fits all. But also we have to understand we've got to take some steps to help. You know, check yourself, drop the label. You know, if we're going to go, they're a victim. I don't want to deal with them. Victims are so draining. You know, that's an anti-victim mindset. You know, we don't want to be cavalier. We, we want to understand and have empathy that they have emotional issues going on right now. And we need to hear those emotional issues and validate through them. If you're a victim hater, you may hear victims when there's a real legitimate communication wanting to happen. An entire uh, a, a, a team of people may label someone as a victim, and then that person loses their voice. And that creates rage and disrespect. And so, you know, victims often lose their opinion, lose their value, and feel that life has disrespected them. And they hold and live within the anger and resentment, which changes their heart. It changes them from being able to connect to other people unless they align with their victim theme. You know, sometimes uh, uh, you want to validate them, you know, the, validate their view. I understand how you feel like this. I get it. I, I would feel like that, too. I think it's terrible. Validate, validate, validate. That is important. You know, you want them to feel like they have a voice. That's important. If you cavalier and you label them as a victim, you've shut their voice off. There's no way they can get better in your presence, especially if you're a boss or somebody like a married person. If you're going to be that person and not validate and just label them as a victim and call them a victim and judge them as a victim, that's not the right way to go. There's no human empathy there. That is you being a selfish, narcissistic ogre. You know, this is important. Resignation is the mood that happens when you've given up on someone. That means that you develop apathy. Well, if they think life is about apathy, I guess I can think life is about apathy because apathy has a lot to do with victim themes. And if you begin to treat them with apathy, you have just done what we call the opposite of love. It's not hate. The opposite of love is apathy. And so if you're supposed to love that person, if that's a person you need to be in love with, you need to identify with their pain first. I know it's a lot of work, but it's important for you to endure and help them through it and stay positive. We also, you know, we want to speak in, we don't want to speak out about their victim themes to other people. Never a good idea to be talking behind their back. What's more important is you address them directly and in private. Don't bring them to the forefront as a victim and make the world see them as a victim. That's a terrible thing to do to people. But a lot of people and families will will start labeling uh, their spouse or their children or their, their, their sisters or brothers or uncles, aunts, 
parents, whatever, they'll start labeling them that in front of the whole family. And then everybody circles their wagon around that theme. That's not a good way to go. You know, we don't want to give up on people with a victim theme. We just don't want to buy it. We want to give them a way out. You, you don't have to live like this. You're not a victim. You were victimized. You, you did have an event that created this. You, there are things that have happened that have created this idea. But there's more to life than just what you're obsessing on. And that's another trait of a victim. They obsess, obsess, obsess. And that obsession is poor me, poor me, poor me. Life is going to destroy me. And some of these people that live in a victim theme actually develop what's called a suicidal life. And what that means is they drink or they smoke or they take all kinds of drugs or they live unhealthily. They eat like a, a crazy person. And basically what happens is they're trying to self-destruct, but they're too weak to do it as a suicide. And what they want to do is do it as a steady, slow death. And that is a suicidal life. And it's really important. To, this is this is not a statistical thing, uh, suicidal life, because it's something that is so pervasive out there that we don't even label it. We don't even really understand it as people. We understand it when I talk about it, that there's people out there in your family, in your life, in your workforce, and everywhere with suicidal lives. And you have to address that. And victims often fall into that theme. So we need to understand that we got to play a part in getting them out of that theme. The narrative is what needs to change. It needs to go to the positive and not the negative. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. You know, I love hearing from you, and you could do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, and Health and Wellness Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, you know someone believes they're a victim when they carry their own body chalk. All right, chocolate does not ask silly questions. It understands. Also, people who play the victim try to walk on our minds with dirty feet that's gandhi <laughs> also once victims break up with you they move on to the next victim all right thanks for listening everybody that's our show for this week please join dr gary bell for another edition of absurd psychology next tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america empowerment channel Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you.